Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Though I'm going to dispense with phone calls this first hour. Save your energy for the second hour on this. I want to walk through some recipes with you since there's no other news today. We'll begin with the bacon tomato pizza bread from the other day. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, history today, history this week, uh, real history today. I want to, uh, look, you all know where I stand on the issue. I, I'm Dobbs versus Jackson's women's health has come out. Roe versus Wade is no more. I am very happy about that. Um, I, I may be being a jerk to some people on social media uh, over it, rubbing salt in the wounds. Don't want to do that with you. I actually want to just give you some analysis here of what actually happened so you can understand it. Uh, some of you are disturbed by it. Some of you are very upset, and you really shouldn't be for a lot of reasons. But there's one thing out of the gate I've got to say. If you have a pocket constitution, if you pull out the pages of the American Constitution, I can find the phrase, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be abridged. I can find that. Uh, what I cannot find is the phrase, the right to an abortion shall not be infringed. And I said abridged. It's if you open any constitution and you look at the Second Amendment, you will find the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. If you open the constitution, you can thumb through it forwards and backwards. You can go online. You can do a word search. You will not find the phrase abortion or anything related thereto. That's ultimately the problem the pro-abortion movement has had in this country. It is not in the Constitution, and they have never tried to amend the Constitution to put it there. The Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, is there in plain text. Anyone can read it. You cannot find a right to an abortion in the Constitution. It has been a conjured right by judges. It is no more. It has returned where it was always supposed to be, to the people or the states under the 10th Amendment. I want to say this, and I realize emotions are raw on this issue for some of you. I, I personally am delighted, and I'm, I'm trying to restrain myself in my delight and, and not rub it in. This is a moment I've been waiting for. Let me, let me just put it to, to those of you who support abortion rights, your life really isn't going to change that much because in a number of states already, there's nowhere to get an abortion. In others, there's only one place to get an abortion. Uh, and uh, you have to go to a state that is going to support abortion rights. And that is the genius of our founders that is now restored by Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health a right that was never supposed to be in the Constitution, that was not in the Constitution, that was a conjured right by a bunch of liberals is now no more, and abortion is back to the states. For the last number of years, progressives have been complaining about our democracy is under attack, our democracy is under attack. Well, now you have the right through the democratic processes to advance your agenda on abortion uh, in a way that you couldn't because the Supreme Court wrested it from the democratic bodies of this nation and took it for themselves to decide, and now no more. For those of you who have been fretting about democracy in this country, now's your time to shine 
work through the democratic processes. You say you should not have to, but up until 1973, you did. And it should be a a sign that the Supreme Court overstepped in that it has uh, caused this rage and fury over 40 years to fester and built an entire legal apparatus to overturn it. You don't see the angst and anxiety in this country over the Obergefell decision for gay marriage. There is no group rising today or yesterday or the day of the Obergefell decision to try to get the Supreme Court to throw out uh, Obergefell. Yes, certainly in a concurrence, Clarence Thomas said they should, but the majority opinion says, no, it's settled. We're not going to change that one. Part of the problem here is that Roe v. Wade and then Casey versus Planned Parenthood caused a situation to fester. I want to give you the history before we get into the ruling because you need to understand the history to put it in proper context because you're not getting it on TV today. Up until 1973, most states did not recognize any sort of right to an abortion. There was a growing movement and it was slow. To speed it up, uh, some lawyers found Norma McCovey, who was the Roe and Roe v. Wade, and they filed a lawsuit. And in 1973 in Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court said uh, there are three trimesters And in those trimesters, in the first trimester, uh, you can't ban abortion. In the second trimester, you can regulate it. In the third, you can ban it except for the life of the mother. And evangelicals, by the way, kind of sailed over their head. It was the Catholic Church that was fired up about this because the Catholic Church begins life, begins at conception. Uh, The Spirit of the Lord dwelled in Mary at conception, and so you could have aborted Jesus Christ. And uh, therein comes an argument for the Catholic Church that life begins at conception, and this is a moral issue. And the Supreme Court has imposed itself on a moral issue that should be decided democratically by the people. And uh, evangelicals over time embraced it. And by 1980, the Republican Party had become pro-life under Ronald Reagan, who pledged to end Roe versus Wade. That was, by the way, less than a decade after Roe was decided, an entire legal apparatus had sprung up committed to ending Roe v. Wade. It took 40 years, but it's over now. In the 1980s, the Supreme Court revised it from the trimester scheme. Let me just read you now from the Dobbs case today. Casey versus Planned Parenthood threw out Roe's trimester scheme and substituted a new rule of uncertain origin under which states were forbidden to adopt any regulation that imposed an undue burden on a woman's right to have an abortion. The decision provided no clear guidance about the difference between a due burden and an undue burden. But the three justices who authored the controlling opinion called the contending sides of a national controversy to end their national division by treating the court's decision as the final settlement of the question of the constitutional right to abortion. As has become increasingly apparent in the intervening years, Casey did not achieve that goal. Americans continue to hold passionate and widely divergent views on abortion, and state legislatures have acted accordingly. Some have recently enacted laws allowing abortion with few restrictions at all stages of pregnancy. Others have tightly restricted abortion beginning well before viability, and in this case, 26 states have expressly asked this court to overrule Roe and Casey and allow the states to regulate or prohibit pre-viability abortion before us is one such law from Mississippi.
That's what this case was about. The Supreme Court should have never involved itself here. Literally within a decade of Roe v. Wade, you had a president of the United States campaigning to put justices on the Supreme Court and stock up the federal judiciary to end Roe v. Wade. That was Ronald Reagan. And no Republican since at a national level has gotten elected unless they certified they were pro-life and would put pro-life judges on. An entire legal movement sprung up over Roe v. Wade. That should tell you it was bad case law. Name another court case that has had that sort of impact in the country. And the problem ultimately was that Roe v. Wade took away from the people the right to determine the morality for themselves in their own states through their state legislatures where ultimately democracy plays out and took a one-size-fits-all decision to five black-robed masters with life tenure in the United States Supreme Court who you were not allowed to challenge by virtue of their position, not by virtue of real infallibility. They were only infallible because they were final, and it festered resentment. And that's all come to an end today. If you want an abortion in this country today, you can still get one. Next year, if you want an abortion, you'll still be able to get one. Many nonprofits will now spring up to help women cover the cost to go to states to get an abortion. In the Supreme Court concurrence opinion by Brett Kavanaugh today, he makes very clear that uh, there is an interstate right to travel. And there is a right to engage in activity in a state that is legal in that state, even if illegal in your home state. Therefore, you cannot prosecute a woman for traveling to a state where it is legal to get an abortion. But also, there was a level of hubris in the way the case was argued at the court. I want to read you a passage here. This is page four of the Dobbs decision. The state of Mississippi asks us to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, several weeks before the point at which a fetus is now regarded as viable outside the womb. In defending this law, the state's primary argument is that we should reconsider and overrule Roe and Casey and once again allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens wish. Now pay attention to this. This is really important. On the other side, respondents and the Solicitor General of the United States ask us to reaffirm Casey and Roe, and they contend that the Mississippi law cannot stand if we do. Allowing Mississippi to prohibit abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, they argue, would be no different than overruling Casey and Roe entirely. They contend that no half measures are available and that we must either reaffirm or overrule Roe and Casey. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. The right to abortion does not fall within that category. Until the latter part of the 20th century, such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, three quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. 
The abortion right is also critically different from any other right that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty. Rose defenders characterize the abortion right as similar to the rights recognized in past decisions involving matters such as intimate sexual relations, contraception, and marriage, but abortion is fundamentally different as both Roe and Casey acknowledge because it destroys what those decisions called fetal life and what the law now before us described as an unborn human being. In other words, Joe Biden's own lawyer before the Supreme Court told the Supreme Court, you can't be Solomon-esque here. You either have to get rid of Roe and Casey or you have to keep them. You can't tell Mississippi that after 15 weeks you can have an abortion or you can have an abortion ban. Couldn't, can't do it. It's what John Roberts actually wanted. John Roberts wanted to say, hey, we'll let you have a 15-week abortion ban but we're gonna preserve Rove and Casey. But Joe Biden's own lawyer before the United States Supreme Court argued to the Supreme Court that you have only one of two options, either end Roe and Casey or keep them and preserve them. You can't find a middle ground here. Joe Biden's own lawyer gave the Supreme Court no, no opportunity at all, knowing that there was a pro-life conservative balance on the Supreme Court now Joe Biden's lawyer argued, you either got to get rid of Roe and Casey or you got to keep them and we want you to keep them. Well, the court took the opposite position. And as of now, at this very moment, abortion is no longer the law of the 50 states. However, it remains the law of a great many of those states, and that won't change, which is also why this will not be a political issue for the Democrats to win on in November, because it's really not going to affect anybody. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, they've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Finris Sipic. Now, listen, uh, if you want all the deep dive on this stuff, you should subscribe to my daily email. If you text data to 33777, I'll send you back a link. You can subscribe. I've got all the deep dives. Uh, for those of you on listening in Atlanta on WSB, I'm going to be with you exclusively 3 to 4 p.m. today to take your calls, answer your questions. And I want to answer all of your questions and, and take all of your calls about this today across the nation. But I really wanted to spend this hour 
before the emotions of it get to everyone, one way or the other, a lot of tears on both sides today, joy or sadness, I really wanted to try to, as best I can, dispassionately kind of walk you through the decision. I, I've got the whole thing here. We're talking about 200, what does this work out to be? Um, hang on, I can tell you. Um, it, it's over 200 pages. I had to refill my printer to be able to get this thing done. Is, is that a work expense? <laughs> I think I ran out of toner cartridge. There's just so much of it. Uh, 213 pages. Uh, and and there are some parts in here that are, I think, worth reading to try to at least give you some proper perspective on this. And one of the things I, I, I got to say before I dive into that and, and the legal analysis of this is I need to speak very directly to churches and pregnancy centers here. You're probably going to need to expect, if you live in urban and suburban areas, disruption this weekend. Uh, You are probably going to see protesters show up, if not violence, at pregnancy centers. Uh, Several friends of mine who have backgrounds in the military have volunteered now to uh, go to pregnancy centers to be with them for protection and security. There is this terrorist group, Jane's Revenge, that is out there, uh, that is pursuing these things. Um, And they are going to cause, they say, violence. Uh, Possible death, definite mayhem is what they're saying. Um, You need to be careful out there. People are very passionate about this issue. I understand it. I am too, just on the other side. Uh, Also, I'll be on Fox and Friends at 6.30 in the morning talking about this issue, too, uh, for those of you who are up and around. Uh, Hi, Mom. They just texted me while I'm talking to you guys. Uh, So if my mom and dad are listening, uh, 5.30 a.m. their time, I'll be on Fox and Friends. They'll re-air it at at, um, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. Um, There is a real issue here um, that you you really, you got to, Note, this now requires both sides to step up their game at the at the local level. But let me just real quick talk about the politics of this real, real quick. There are a lot of people think, well, this is going to make Democrats viable. It's going to amp up Democratic turnout. It may amp up Democratic turnout. But Roy Texera, who is one of the big Democratic pollsters and analysts out there, who's been warning Democrats they're, they're going too far uh, left, has noted that Democrats have convinced themselves, they've convinced the media, and the media has convinced you that all Democrats have to do is turn themselves out, mobilize themselves, and this is a mobilization event. But if you actually dive into the data, that's not true. There aren't enough of them, given the passion the GOP has right now against Biden, to do that. There are real angst in this country about inflation, about gas prices, uh, about the economy in general, about uh, the state of the nation, 18%. think we're headed in the right direction. This decision's not going to overcome that. The Democrats may privately be enraged and think this is going to fire up their base and get them out. But the data suggests it's not for one particular reason. Do you know who the most pro-life group in this country is? It's not white evangelical men like me. It's Hispanics, particularly Hispanic women, are the most pro-life group in this country. So this is not going to fire up them for the Democrats. If anything, this might persuade them to move further to the GOP. 
Additionally, and more importantly, the Democrats still want to focus on January 6th. They're going to try to use that, and that's going to overshadow this. But more importantly, the election's not until November. The laws of a number of states won't change anyway. You Less than 800,000 abortions in this country a year already. You're far more likely to know someone impacted by yesterday's uh, Bruin decision on concealed carry than you are anyone who's impacted by this. It's just not going to be that big of a deal come November as much as Democrats might want it to be. I'm a longtime customer of Bull & Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bolin brand sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. My wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast, and she wanted them. And then we got some, and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents, and they got over 10,000 reviews all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bolandbranch.com. That's bolandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. A real quick note to all of my affiliates. We are awaiting the president of the United States who is going to address the nation about the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. I will carry that live here uh, for my stations who can't do the the national uh, news switch. Uh, it's worth listening to the president. This is a historic moment. Um, he obviously was is not going to be a fan of this. Uh, and is a lot of coverage of protesters out there in front of the Supreme Court building right now, uh, and it's we're going to see uh, a significant inflection of violence. Of course, um, liberal outlets are focused on um, violence against abortion providers. Cheddar News, which is a liberal news outlet, is... Uh, focusing on violence against abortion providers right now, not uh, focused on any of the the violence. They haven't really covered at all the violence against uh, pro-life pregnancy centers. We'll get to the president here in a minute. Uh, When he comes, we are awaiting him. Uh, The podium is set up. In the meantime, I want to read you some of this Dobbs decision. All in all, Roe's reasoning was exceedingly weak, and academic commentators, including those who agree with the decision as a matter of policy, were unsparing in their criticism. John Hardelli famously wrote that Roe was not constitutional law and gave almost no sense of an obligation to try to be. Archibald Cox, who served as Solicitor General under President Kennedy, commented that Roe reads like a set of hospital rules and regulations that neither historian, layman, nor lawyer will be persuaded or part of the Constitution. Lawrence Tribe wrote that even if there is a need to divide pregnancy into several segments with lines that clearly identify the limits of government power, interest balancing of the forum the court pursues fails to justify any of the lines actually drawn. Despite Roe's weakness, its reach 
was steadily extended in the years that followed. The court struck down laws requiring that second trimester abortions be performed only in hospitals, that women give written consent after being informed of the status of the developing prenatal life and the risk of abortions, that women wait 24 hours for an abortion, that a physician determine viability in a particular manner, that a physician performing a post-viable abortion use the technique most likely to preserve the life of the fetus, that the fetus remain to be treated in a humane and sanitary manner, Justice White complained that the court was engaging in unrestrained imposition of its own extra-constitutional values preferences. And the United States, as amicus, asked the court to overrule Roe five times in the decades after Casey, and then asked the court to overrule it once more in Casey itself. Here comes the president. Uh, Forgive me for the interruption. It's not hyperbole to suggest a very solemn moment. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people. There never was a constitutional right. That it had right already now. recognized. It found they didn't it limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. It's back at but the they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. No. Fifty years ago, Roe v. Wade was decided and has been the law of the land since then. It's only for 50? This landmark case protected woman's right to choose, her right to make intensely personal decisions with her doctor, free from from the interference of politics. It reaffirmed basic principles of equality, that women have the power to control their own destiny, and it reinforced a fundamental right of privacy, the right of each of us to choose how to live our lives now with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. No, they're not. As chairman and ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, as vice president and now as president of the United States, his I've studied this case carefully. I've overseen more Supreme Court confirmations than anyone today, where this case was always discussed. I believe Roe v. Wade was the correct decision as a matter of constitutional law and application of the fundamental right to privacy and liberty in matters of family and personal autonomy. She's this fired up about gas prices. It was a decision on a complex matter that drew a careful balance between a woman's right to choose earlier in her pregnancy and the state's ability to regulate later in her pregnancy. Not really. The court put a decision it out. It with broad national consensus. And most Americans of faith and backgrounds found acceptable. Baloney. That have been That's the law of the land for most of the lifetime of Americans today. Fifty. And it was a constitutional principle upheld by justices appointed by Democrat and Republican presidents alike. Roe v. Wade was a seven to two decision written by a justice appointed by a Republican president, Richard Nixon. In the five decades that followed Roe v. Wade, justices appointed by Republican presidents from Eisenhower, Nixon, and Reagan, George W. Bush, were among the justices who voted to uphold the principles set forth in Roe v. Wade. George H. W. Bush, not George W. Bush. It was three justices named by one president, Donald Trump, who were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental right for women in this country. God bless Donald Trump. Make no mistake. 
This decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset balance of our law. But you just said it was a well-held consensus. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. The court has done what it has never done before, expressly take away a constitutional right that is so fundamental to so many Americans. If it was so fundamental, why wasn't it in the Bill of Rights, you idiot? The court's decision to do so will have real and immediate consequences. State laws banning abortion are automatically taking effect today, jeopardizing the health of millions of women, some without exceptions. So extreme that women could be punished for protecting their health. So extreme that women and girls were forced to bear their rapist child. With the child a consequence. What did the kid do wrong? It just, it, it just stuns me. So extreme that doctors will be criminalized for fulfilling their duty to care. Imagine having a young woman have to ch- carry the child of incest as a consequence of incest. There are actually all the states exempt that. Come on now. Too often the case. The poor women are going to be hit the hardest. It's cruel. In fact, the court laid out state laws criminalizing abortion that go back to the 1800s <laughs> as rationale. The court literally taking America back 150 years. No, just 50. You literally just said back 50 years. But it doesn't mean the fight's over. Let me be very clear and unambiguous. The only way we can secure a woman's right to choose and the balance that existed is for Congress to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade as federal law. Oh, now you're up in the ante, and that's not going to go well for you for a lot of data reasons. And if Congress, as it appears, lacks the votes to do that now, voters need to make their voices heard. (laughs) They really think they're going to be able to use this in November. Must elect more senators and representatives who will codify women's right to choose into federal law once again. Elect more state leaders to protect this right at the local level. We need to restore the protections of Roe as law of the land. We need to elect officials who will do that. This is a freaking fall, death cult. Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. Until then, so are gas prices, inflation, low wages, stagflation. Where they will face the consequences of today's decision. Well, the court's decision cast a dark shadow over a large swath of the land. Many states in this country still recognize a woman's right to choose. So, if a woman lives in a state that restricts abortion, the Supreme Court's decision does not prevent her from traveling from her home state to the state that allows it. Wait a second. I thought you just said the right to an abortion went away, and now you're telling women they can go get one? And that state from treating her. As the Attorney General has made clear, women must remain free to travel safely to another state to seek care they need. My administration will defend that bedrock right. If any state or local official, high or low, 
tries to interfere with a woman's ex- exercise and her basic right to travel, I will do everything in my power to fight that deeply un-American attack. My administration will also protect a woman's access to medications that are approved by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, like contraception, which is essential for preventative health care, mifeprestone, which the FDA approved 20 years ago to safely end early pregnancies and is commonly used to treat miscarriages. Some states are saying that they'll try to ban or severely restrict access to these medications. But extremist governors and state legislators are looking to block the mail or search a person's medicine cabinet or control a woman's actions by tracking data on her apps she uses are wrong and extreme and out of touch. But this is something your administration already wants to do in other ways. The American Medical Association The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists wrote to me and Vice President Harris stressing that these laws are not based on, are not based on evidence and asking us to act to protect access to care. They say by limiting access to these medicines, maternal mortality will climb in America. These are the same organizations that think boys can become girls. Today, I'm directing the Department of Health and Human Services to take steps to ensure these critical medications are available to the fullest extent possible. And the politicians cannot interfere in the decisions that should be made between a woman and her doctor. And my administration will remain vigilant as the implications of this decision play out. I've warned about how this decision risks the broader right to privacy for everyone. That's because Roe recognized the fundamental right to privacy. Which the court again reiterated today is still there. Many more rights that have come to take, we've come to take for granted, that are ingrained in the fabric of this country. The right to make the best decisions for your health. The right to use birth control, a married couple in the privacy of their bedroom, for God's sake. The right to marry the person you love. Justice Thomas said as much today, he explicitly called to reconsider the right of marriage equality, the right of couples to make their choices on contraception. This extreme and dangerous path the court is now taking us on. Let me close with two points. First, I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful. Well, that's peaceful, 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 no intimidation. Violence is never acceptable. Threats and and intimidation are not speech. We must stand against violence in any form. That's actually good. Regardless of your rationale. Second, I know so many of us are frustrated and disillusioned that the court has taken something away that's so fundamental. I know so many women are now going to face incredibly difficult situations. I hear you. I support you. I stand with you. The consequences and the consensus of the American people, core principles of equality, liberty, dignity, and the stability of the rule of law demand that Roe should not have been overturned. 
With this decision, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court shows how extreme it is, how far removed they are from the majority of this country. Nonsense. It made the United States an outlier among developed nations in the world. Not really. This decision must not be the final word. Okay, there's the president. You know what I think about that? Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That pretty much sums up my reaction to what the president just said. Jim, who's our sponsor this hour? I couldn't hear you come down the line. <laughs> Perfect. Gold Co. <laughs> We've been listening to the president, tuning him in and out. Well, you know, honestly, the passion, the anger, the rage he had there. Imagine if he had all that passion for the economy right now, for your gas prices. Have you heard him fired up about gas prices or inflation or anything like that? No, you haven't. But thankfully, the folks at Gold Co. are. They want to help you where the president clearly does not uh, deal with your retirement. You should reach out to him, 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call my friends at Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. Now, listen, I, I could give you, well, let me give it to you, just 855-904-5933, but more specifically and easily, if you text the word Eric, my name, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, I'll send you back their toll-free number. If, if Even if you, you're you skeptical, you're not sure, at least get their free wealth protection kit to learn how to use precious metals to protect and grow your money. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Reach out to my friends at Gold Co. See if they're a good fit for you. It's worth noting uh, the NBC News polling from back in May. Uh, it showed that abortion as an issue jumped 16 points among the Democratic coalition. Among the people who are already going to vote Democrat, it became the number one issue. But among everybody else, including swing voters, it didn't move at all. Probably isn't going to move at all in large part because while the Democrats were trying to make it, I mean, you heard the president of the United States say Roe is on the ballot in November. Uh, Roe isn't really on the ballot in November. Joe Biden is on the ballot in November. And uh, it was Joe Biden's solicitor general who told the Supreme Court they either had to keep Roe or get rid of Roe. There could be no middle ground. So the court didn't even bother. I mean, that that's the big issue here. Now, we're going to open the phone lines and I'm going to take your calls. I know a lot of you have questions. A lot of you have comments. I'm happy to address those and navigate through them with you. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Before I get out of here, though, I got to get back to this 213 pages. Uh, the first 80 or so or the majority opinion. We end this opinion as I end this hour where we began. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey 
arrogated that authority. We now overrule these decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed and the case is remanded. And then there's an appendix that outlines all of the statutes criminalizing abortion in 1868 at the time the 14th Amendment was enacted, which suggests the Congress never intended the 14th Amendment to override abortion. History made today, folks. I'll take your phone calls about this historic moment and move on with all the other news of the day when we get back. 877-973-7425. You're listening to Eric Erickson across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia.